Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand tonight and honor the man of God. Elder, we want you once again. Just take your liberty. Just preach what you feel tonight. Praise God. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everyone. I said praise the Lord, everyone. Ah, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Ah, let's praise him. Come on. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love it. What I feel, I love what I feel. I love you, Jesus. You're so good to me. You've been so good to me, God. You've been so good to me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I was thinking... Brother Albrin's little boy come up here early. He was going to give. Brother, you only gave him a dollar. Give him some more money to put in the offering. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, ain't we having fun? Uh, I think Brother Goff said this morning, sometimes we get so caught up in the serious and amen that we just forget that, amen, we're just flesh. We're just flesh. I'm thankful that he loved me enough, amen, to fill me with the Holy Ghost. My, my, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, if you turn me to Luke chapter 2, go to verse 42 through 46. While you're turning there, I want to say how much I appreciate Riggin for opening these doors to me and uh, you ministering brethren appreciate you amen brother Nelson I'm humbled that you gave up your spot amen I, I was just going to come and listen to you preach tonight amen but I, I feel a burden and uh, is anybody going to help me tonight? Amen. Lord, I'm going to tell you again, everyone, I love you. I'm glad. Amen. I'm just part of God's church. Amen. Starting Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 42. And when he, speaking of Jesus, was 12 years old, they went up to to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. When they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they supposed him to have been in the company when a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolks and acquaintance. When they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Notice again verse 44, which says, But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. This verse informs us that Mary and Joseph just supposed that Jesus was with them or was with someone else 
that they knew within the company that they traveled with, and it tells us they went a full day's journey before they began to seek him amongst their relatives and their friends. Then in verses 45 and 46, we read where they could not find Jesus, so they had to turn around and go back to Jerusalem looking for him. And they had to search for him for three days before they found him. When they finally did find him, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And I want to preach from this entire story, but specifically from verse 44, I want to take my title. I want to preach about just supposing. I don't know when I felt such a burden. Just supposing. Could we pray right now in Jesus' name? God, I love you. I'm asking you, God, for your grace and your mercy to anoint me. I'm asking you, God, in your name. I believe you, God, for a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Asking you to touch everyone here. Those that are not here tonight that need to be here, God, I'm asking you to touch them. God, touch their mind to bring by way of remembrance where they belong. I'm asking you in Jesus' name. I'm believing you, God, right now according to your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, I love you and I praise you. I magnify you, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you. You can be seated. There's not much recorded in the Bible about the childhood years of Jesus. We find that in the second chapter of Luke, he gives us the story of his birth. And then we can read in the 22nd verse how that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. We find then where Luke records the dedication of Jesus at the temple by Simeon. And after that, all that's recorded is what verse number 40 records, which states that the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The next mention of Jesus is here in the setting of our text, where at the age of 12 years old, Jesus goes to Jerusalem with his parents, as they did every year for the feast of the Passover. I do not believe that Luke just recorded this story down on parchment uh, just to take up some space. Uh, I don't believe that Luke wrote this account at Jesus' life at this particular point in time just because he didn't have anything else to say. But I am fully persuaded that this story, amen, is in the Word of God for a very specific reason. I, I believe that God had something that He wants us to learn from this story. I believe that God looked down upon the day and age that we are living in and realized that someone, amen, on January the 17th of 2021 needed to hear this message. I believe God wants you to understand just how easy it is to lose him it seems though that we spend the majority of our lives planning working toiling 
and struggling, trying to accumulate possessions, uh, that life itself is a process of losing. Uh, Jesus himself spoke to us about losing uh, and loss in the parable of the lost sheep, uh, the parable of the lost coin, uh, and the parable of the lost son, which is better known uh, as the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, amen. But all of these speak about someone's loss. Uh, and if you've lived any length of time, you've already no doubt experienced loss to some degree. I remember as a young boy, I experienced the loss of something I had hoped for, longed for, and worked hard for. I've always loved watermelon, and one year, my mother and father gave me some space in their garden, and I planted some watermelon seeds. I remember watching uh, as those watermelon vines began to get the little flowers, uh, and I knew that soon there would be some watermelons coming on. Uh, and I worked that uh, garden. I watered them plants. I weeded that garden uh, and checked on the progress of my little watermelon patch daily. And I remember as my watermelon started growing, uh, and I had one in particular that was bigger than the rest. Uh, and I was so excited and every day I went out to check on my prize watermelon I would weed around that vine and I would water that plant and I would watch it and no doubt my anticipation grew faster than that watermelon did but one day amen I went out to check my watermelon patch and I could not find my watermelon I frantically looked all over the area from my watermelon patch uh, where it was supposed to be, but it was gone. My prize watermelon was gone. Someone had stolen my watermelon. It was just a watermelon, and I soon got over the anger of my loss. Uh, but there are much more tragic losses that can and do happen to individuals. Uh, I remember standing, uh, amen, uh, and some of you might remember this, amen, uh, Ronnie and Cheryl, amen, when their house, uh, Wheeler, it, 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 when their house went up in flames and we got the call, uh, I remember standing there watching them and he wrapped his arms around his wife and tears running down their face. Uh, everything they had was gone in a moment of time, uh, amen. Uh, and then Bill and Silene Huckabee, uh, amen, the loss of their baby Josh, uh, Amen. And then Elder Calvert, when Sister Calvert passed away, and as sad as these tragic and all these losses are, they cannot even compare if someone loses Jesus. There are some very troubling areas in the story from where I've taken my text that I want to draw your attention to. And the first one is that Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. Our text tells us they just suppose Jesus to be with them in the company that they were traveling with. And in their supposition, they lost him. They hadn't seen Jesus in a full day of travel. And they supposed him that he was with the other relatives and friends that were traveling with 
them. And I want to stop here for a moment and tell someone that this is no time to just suppose Jesus is in the crowd. This is no time to assume that just because Jesus was here yesterday that he's still here today. Just because you felt him last Sunday night at church doesn't mean he's here this Sunday night at this very moment. Just because you come to church doesn't mean that Jesus comes with you or that he's sitting on that pew right beside you right now. Just because you run with the church crowd and attend all the church functions does not mean that Jesus is anywhere close to where you are. I feel like telling someone that you are living your life just supposing. You're just supposing Jesus is with you and he's not even close to where you are. You look beyond the surface of this story and take a deeper examination of these verses. There are at least three very apparent warnings to the church today that are hidden in these verses of Scripture from where we take our text. And the first warning that comes glaringly apparent in this story is the most unlikely people to lose, Jesus lost him. You see, if anyone knew who Jesus was, both Mary and Joseph knew that Jesus was and is God manifest in flesh. You see, if we go back to the first chapter of Luke, you can read where the angel Gabriel was sent for, amen, by God and told Mary that she had found favor with God and that she would conceive in the womb and that which was conceived in her was of the Holy Ghost and that she would call his name Jesus. If anybody knew who Jesus was, Mary knew. And what about Joseph? Matthew chapter 1 tells us the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream and told him, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Joseph was there when Jesus was born. He was there when the shepherds came and told their story. So Joseph most assuredly knew who Jesus was. And after Jesus was born, we find in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, that once again the angel angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream and issued a warning to Joseph saying arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be there until I give thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him and then finally when Herod was dead the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream for the third time saying arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel for they are dead which sought the young child life. Three times the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph about Jesus. So if anybody knew who Jesus was, Joseph knew. Yet in spite of all that they knew, in spite of knowing who he was, Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. I feel like telling someone in this place it makes no difference if you have an apostolic lineage that goes all the way back to Azusa Street. You can still lose Jesus. Please hear me, saint of God. Please hear me, young person. I don't care if you can quote every one God's scripture in the Bible. You can still lose Jesus. Just because you've repented of your sins, taken on the name of Jesus in baptism, received the Holy Ghost by evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, just 
just because you have a revelation that Jesus is the mighty God in Christ doesn't mean you can't lose him. Mary and Joseph knew that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh, yet in one moment of carelessness they lost him. We have preachers losing Jesus. We have people that have been sitting on apostolic pews for years that know this message and received a revelation of who he is, yet they've grown careless and casual in their relationship with Jesus and they've lost him. takes a few moments of inattention, thoughtfulness, thoughtlessness, and unconcern to lose Jesus. But it takes a clean heart, a right spirit, a right attitude, holiness within without, not only in dress, but in attitude and submission to pastoral authority to hold on to him. Some of you are having a problem with pastoral authority. But I want to remind you, if you ever hope to be saved, you're going to have to have a man of God in your life. You're going to have to let him preach the word of God to you. I said, amen. Oh, God, that you might do as Colossians 1.28 instructs preachers, preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that they may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That's what this man's trying to do. The second warning to the church in these verses of text is they lost Jesus at the most unlikely place. The most unlikely people to lose Jesus Lost him at the most unlikely place. They lost him at Jerusalem in the temple. In the midst of all the religious exercise, the religious duty that was being carried out, in the midst of the feast of the Passover at the temple in Jerusalem, Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. And as far fetched as it may sound, it's still very much the same today. If we're not careful in the midst of going to church and getting involved in all the church activities, in the process of taking care of all of our various duties associated with being part of the church, we can lose Jesus. I feel like warning someone in this place, don't lose Jesus at the church house. Don't just suppose that Jesus is here when you're singing. Don't just suppose Jesus is here when you're testifying. Don't just suppose Jesus is here when you're shouting. Don't just suppose Jesus is here when you're dancing and running the aisles. Oh, God, preachers, don't just suppose that Jesus is here when you're preaching. You better make sure that when you're singing, Jesus is right there helping you. You better make sure when you're testifying that Jesus, amen, is testifying out of you. You better make sure when you're shouting and dancing and running the aisles that God's right beside you. You better make sure when you're speaking in tongues that it comes from God and it's the Spirit of God that's bearing witness.
preachers, I'm preaching to myself. We better make sure when we're preaching that Jesus is right here beside us, anointing us and helping us preach. I'm here I want to preach to the musicians for just a moment because one of the easiest ways to lose Jesus is playing a musical instrument in the church I love music and I love playing music but if we're not careful we will override the spirit of God and keep on playing when you ought to get off of that musical instrument and worship God if you're not careful you'll use that instrument as an excuse to avoid going to the altar and you'll lose Jesus so you better make sure while you're playing that Jesus is right beside you helping you and anointing you to play Don't get so caught up in the ritual of religion that you lose Jesus. Don't get so caught up in religious exercise and implementation uh, that you lose Jesus uh, because the word of God gives us this warning not to get caught up in ritual. Uh, I read in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 10, uh, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness uh, through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue uh, whereby are given unto us exceeding great uh, and precious promises that, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption uh, that is in the world through lust uh, and beside this giving all diligence uh, and to your faith virtue uh, and to virtue knowledge uh, and to knowledge temperance uh, and to temperance patience uh, and to patience godliness uh, and to godliness brotherly kindness uh, and to brotherly kindness charity uh, for if these things be in you and abound. They make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. And had forgotten that he was purged from his old himself warned about this very thing in the gospel of Luke chapter 18 verses 9 to 14 where it says and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others two men went up to the temple to pray the one a Pharisee and the other a publican the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee. I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, will not so much as lift up his eyes unto heaven but smote his breast saying God be merciful unto me a sinner 
And I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. And he that humbled himself shall be exalted. You better make sure what you claim you possess will in fact get you into heaven. Because if not, you're going to spend an eternity in hell. And you better make sure what you think you know is right is in fact right. Because Jesus told the Sadducees in Matthew chapter 22, verse 29, you do air not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God the third warning that's hidden in the story is they lost Jesus at the most unlikely time most unlikely people to lose Jesus lost him they lost him at the most unlikely place. And they lost him at the most unlikely time. They lost him on their way home. The feast of the Passover was finished. Mary and Joseph had assembled with the rest of the company, begun their journey toward home. What's so troubling to me is that they went almost a full day's journey toward home before they realized that Jesus was not among them. Here it was, the ending of the day, when the sun was starting to descent over the western horizon, the shadows beginning to lengthen. Most of the members uh, of their fellow group of travelers are thinking about and looking for someplace safe uh, where they can stop for the night. Uh, suddenly it dawned on Mary uh, that she hadn't seen Jesus all day long. Uh, oh, God, help me. And when she went to talk to Joseph about it, he assured her everything's fine uh, and he will go and find uh, Jesus. Uh, thinking Jesus is probably just with some of their other relatives and friends uh, that were traveling with them. Uh, however, as Joseph makes his way uh, among all these people, uh, a sickening sense of dread overtakes him uh, because uh, he realizes that Jesus is not among them uh, and he has to go and tell Mary uh, he cannot find Jesus anywhere. Uh, and with a growing sense of fear and anxiety Mary and Joseph began to make their way back to Jerusalem to find Jesus I don't think I need to remind anyone that we're living in a time of trouble and turmoil like this world has never seen before amen rioting amen amen and everything going on it doesn't take much understanding to realize we're truly living in the end time the shadows are lengthening and night is fast approaching and we find that so many are losing Jesus on their way home. Preachers that have preached this apostolic truth for years are suddenly losing Jesus and saying this apostolic truth and holiness are no longer important and relevant. God help me. Individuals who have stood behind their man of God and supported him and the church amen, are suddenly walking away and declaring that they no longer want anything to do with the apostolic church and doing what Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 warns us not to do they are forsaking the assembling of themselves together as the manner of some in yes iniquity is abounding and the love of many is waxing cold 
and if there was ever a time that we need to make sure that Jesus is with us, it's right now. We need to make sure that Jesus is not only with us, but that he lives in us and through us. Amen. With the power of the Holy Ghost in filling us. Matthew chapter 25, in the parable of the ten virgins, Jesus tells of the five foolish virgins of who, when the midnight cry was made, found themselves without oil. While they went to try and buy some oil, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with the bridegroom to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward, the five foolish virgins came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered them, said, Verily, I say unto you, I know ye not. Watch therefore, you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. At the midnight hour, when the lamp should have been full, they lost him. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, Jesus speaks and says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast which thou hast, that, that no man take thy crown. Oh, God, and it was only when Mary and Joseph made their way back to the temple in Jerusalem that they finally found Jesus. They found him where they lost him. And if you're here today and tonight, and if you've lost him, I want to tell you where you can find him. Musicians, please come. Amen. You're not going to find him on a dance floor. You're not going to find You're not going to find him on a bar stool. You're not going to find him in a drug house. You won't find him, amen, in the arms of an adulterous relationship. You're not even going to find him among your friends and relatives. You'll find him right where you left him, right here at the house of God. Stand with me. These altars are open. I don't think there ought to be anyone sitting back. I want to make sure. I don't want to just suppose. 